All right, as we get started here, the NFL playoffs is getting underway, and many of you can't just enjoy the playoffs for being the playoffs. Maybe your team didn't make it. Maybe they're eliminated, and you need a little extra fun. Maybe you lost your fantasy league or whatever it may be, and you're looking for a way to enjoy sports a little bit more in that way. Maybe to lay a wager or two, and the perfect place to do that is mybookie.ag. With mybookie, it's super simple. You bet, you win, they pay. That's how they roll. Right now, you can sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to $1,000. That is free money for you. This is the one sports book guaranteed to give you the best lines for the national championship, to give you the best lines for the playoffs, to give you the best line for the Super Bowl, to give you the best line for regular season games with the Sacramento Kings or the Los Angeles Lakers or the Clippers or the 76ers or the Celtics or whoever. MyBookie.ag is the absolute place you need to be. And remember, when you go there, enter the promo code HOOPBALL. This is free money. You hear what I'm saying? Sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL, and you'll get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag. You bet, you win, they pay. Third time's the charm here for uh, the Sacramento Kings podcast with... Jill Adge and Damian Barling, we're thrilled that you're here with us tonight. The Kings snapped their four-game losing streak in a defensive battle with the New York Knicks, the top defense in the league, 103-94. to Luke Walton's at the podium right now. He was already kind of singing the praises of, um, you know, the fact that the team only turned the ball over six times, that the, the Knicks were only able to score two points off of those six turnovers. Overall, this was a really good – it wasn't pretty – and it certainly wasn't what we were used to seeing. Uh, but this was a quality win for the Kings that they desperately needed. Yeah, I mean, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's what they'd been doing. Um, what was it? The last, what, three, four games during that losing streak? Um, anytime that you can make it so you're not helping your opponent, is, yeah. it's great. And this team, it it plays a big difference in their confidence as well as giving up easy buckets on the defensive end, right? Um, it's like we said, there was only two um, two, two points off of um, made turnovers. off of turnovers. I mean, yeah. that's when your team that hasn't been playing good defense it, and had been giving up a lot of points off turnovers, that's huge. Yeah, and the fact that I mean, Julius Randle, I think Julius Randle's an all-star. He's been putting up almost triple-double um, numbers against most teams. So yeah. I, I did see some comments about, you know, Bagley playing bad defense and he's overpowered. But Randle has been doing this to everybody all season. Yeah. Um, and, and props to him because he's he turned into a player where – his last year when he was with Luke, his numbers went down, like his playing minutes, and that was something that Lakers fans were kind of upset about. But when he went to New Orleans under Gentry, you did see a whole new side of his game um, that you hadn't seen before. So props to him for the last you know three years. He's done a great job of, of turning his game into a full all-around game as a point forward, essentially. And he makes that Knicks offense run 
And so by containing everybody else and letting him get his, um, the Kings were able to really uh, essentially have a sh- have a shot in the game. And really, they were playing the second night of a back-to-back. You yeah. should do that to a team during this time, during the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's 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 an important part, and that was something that I was curious about because I we had seen this. I think it was with Denver. The second game against Denver was the second night of a back to back, and their strategy was clear, like right from the start. They were going to run, they were going to push, and they were going to try to wear them out by the time the fourth quarter got here, and they did it. Like it worked. Like it that that fourth quarter worked to perfection. Or and they they that that Denver game plan worked to perfection. They they ran them like crazy, and the Nuggets just kind of died in the fourth quarter. I thought if they tried to implement that strategy with the Knicks, it wouldn't work because the Knicks are too good defensively. And the fact that they just kind of this was like a straight up slugfest. And the fact yeah. that they kind of stuck with the game plan, they didn't deviate it from it. They didn't get you know kind of slip into any bad habits. I think again. Heading into a, kind of an impromptu, I don't want to call it a break, but certainly more time off than they've had at all this season. This is a it's a it's a good win to carry over because I was I had questions about what happens if they lose headed into this break, and what happens if Buddy continues to play poorly. And Buddy really didn't play that well, but they did get the win. So I, I, you know, Luke Walton said, we're looking at everything. You know, we might have some changes. We don't really know, but we're looking at everything. And I thought that heading into this, this couple of days off, this impromptu couple of days off that they had because of the cancellation of the Memphis games, we might wind up seeing some changes to the lineup. I mean, it's essentially they're getting a couple practice days, right? Which we've been yeah. hearing as... I don't even want to say the excuse, but the excuse of, you know, we haven't been able to make any changes or to really be able to work on anything. It sounds like most of the stuff they've been working on is defense and watching watching game film, which is fine is, you know, letting them physically see uh, what we're all seeing from home. But I, I, I think that any any practice time with this group can you one would think can only help. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciated that he didn't pull Bagley in the fourth in this one, and he actually let him let him close it out because I do think that is going to be instrumental in Bagley's growth going forward, um, is, is getting these opportunities and getting these kind of minutes, especially against good players. And there's going to be times where he's physically overpowered by a player, and he needs minutes to be able to figure out Either can I do this or can they adjust based on matchup, which they ended up playing Barnes a little bit on Randall at the end too. Um, so they found ways to to mix it up without actually pulling someone. But I do agree with what Luke did in pulling Buddy and putting Halliburton back out there. I mean, it's basically like where <laughs> he's a rookie, but we can't even afford minutes off for the guy at this point. Yeah, he's no, playing that well offensively and defensively. And um, speaking of, uh, he's at the podium right now. Let's check in with Tyrese Halliburton. I don't do that. So uh, it, if we win, I'm going to be in a good mood. So, uh, yeah, it was big for us, man. I, I think it just boosts team morale for sure. Um, you know, but showed that, like, you know, we're playing a gritty team in, in, in New York. Uh, they play hard, you know, all 48 minutes. And, and we come out there and defend at a high level and, and come out with a win. Um, they're, they're coming off whatever, a four-game win streak. Just beat uh, Golden State last night. So, um, 
you know, it's a big win for us. Uh, but it's also frustrating at the same time because, you know, it just shows that we, we, we are capable of doing that on a consistent, or we are capable of doing that. Now we just have to prove that we can do it on a consistent basis. So um, just build, build off it, take the good with the bad, um, you know, watch film, probably have off day tomorrow. So uh, deep dive into film and, uh, you know, get ready for this road trip. That's Tyrese okay. Halliburton there. Um, you hear his like I, I I love that he acknowledged like the frustration with it, it's 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 great that we won it's great how we won but it's frustrating to know like see we're capable of playing like this and what they have to figure out is why they can't do it more often or where their struggle comes with lying with where their struggle lies with doing it more often. I mean, and how many games have we seen them do it for the first half and then completely? just be non-existent in the second and whether that's like previous years where this team anytime someone kind of pushes them they don't push back they fold right they wilt um or whether it's they just can't make the adjustments to whatever the other team comes back at them with um i mean i keep going back to i was listening to a an interview um with jaeger back from 2018 going into training camp and he said how essentially elementary everything had to be for these young guys they were they were he said they were teasing them um how to pass how to rebound how to figure out schemes how to do all this stuff that you would think that they'd have some of that foundation already going in to the league but i get it with how aau is and then one year of college i mean it's in AAU, most of the time, these guys are going out there getting their buckets, and that's you know what I mean. Yeah. That's how you're that's how you're getting discovered. And then even in college, it's not necessarily you only hear about so many. Oh, this is a real two way guy. You know, it's either they're <laughs> one or the other, and then you yeah. hope they develop the other half of the game at some point. Um, but hearing his interview just from 2018, and then listening to these post games and. And the interviews we get even on practice days, it's it's the same thing over and over. And I know um, Blake did a really good article on Kings Herald today about yeah. um, the consistent the learning. You know, yeah. <laughs> that was really good. You're literally the constant hearing loop this, of learning. Yeah. No matter what players here, no matter what coaches here, no matter what GM is here, you're literally hearing the same thing over and over. And at what point you you have to stop even pointing fingers because it's like I don't. I don't even know where to go at this point yeah. um, because you're hearing the same thing. And and I hate hearing like the, oh, they're young and they're learning. Out of the rotation, there's three guys that are young under 23. The rest are 27 and older. I mean, and have been in the league for years. At, at a certain point, um, you kind of know what you're getting. So... And if you can even get them on their average during a night, uh, we're seeing good things, right? So it's somehow these guys have to figure out how to play a consistent, complete 40, you know, a full a full game. And I don't know if that'll ever click or when, honestly, that, that will click. But it's games like these where I'm excited about Fox, I'm excited about Halliburton, I'm excited about Bagley. Where to me that is the true young, you know, of the core, of, you know, that group is along with you know Jason's article today about the the belly and, you know, growing around Fox's age. Like those those are the three guys that are legitimately 
you know, Fox's timeline. So when I see games where I think all three of them are playing well, regardless of a win or loss, that gets me excited. Mm-hmm. And that that brings up um, uh, something that Jason Jones said to us today on on D'Lo and KC on ESPN thirteen twenty about, and I I put the clip out on social media. I know you saw it. A number of other people saw it, about like. I mean, if if we're talking the end of Luke Walton at any point, like at what point do we start talking about the end of like the roster as we know it? And, you know, obviously that doesn't include De'Aaron Fox. It certainly doesn't include Tyrese Halliburton. But who does it include? Like who are we centering around De'Aaron and Tyrese? Because we're now, for some guys, entering coach number three here for this unit. And it's like, okay, this doesn't work. Bagley's probably in the equation that that Jason was talking about there, though I don't think Jason is at all ready to give up on Bagley. I just think at some point you look at this roster and you go, okay, why is it always the coach's fault? I mean, Buddy is in that equation. Harrison Barnes is in that equation, which is wild. You know, Harrison had a great bounce-back game today. He has uncharacteristically struggled the last couple of uh, days, couple of games, and but he had 35 really productive minutes. Again, he didn't shoot well. But no one did. And so when you look at it, like the, the, the grand scheme of that, it's like, okay, ultimately, who who is this, like, who is Monty wanting to build around with this group? Right. And, and that, to me, comes back to, even regardless with how Harrison's playing, if the goal is to truly build an age around those guys, getting rid of Buddy, getting rid of Barnes, right? And he always talks about flexibility. That automatically opens the cap flexibility and you still have all your draft picks going forward, right? So you have your guys at your young age, you have the draft picks, you now have the cap flexibility. Not necessarily that it even means you're going for free agents, right? Because that's rare here, but it it leaves you openings to, to take on, you know, a disgruntled star, a a young person that's not working out that needs a change of, you know, a change of scenery. Um, I wouldn't even necessarily include Bagley in that, but I could see him included if it's a, this is something we can't turn down. Right. Sure. It's, it's, it's a game. Changer. I think it's yes. Um, yeah. Where it's, this is too good of an opportunity to pass up, but I can see if they truly are in the rebuild mode. Um, that you have Barnes, you have Buddy, even the guys, you know, that are the Joseph, right? Because he's expiring. Belitza, he's expiring. You have Whiteside and Glenn who are on one-year deals. They're expired, right? And so it it does leave a lot of flexibility if, if you have contenders looking for stuff. Like, right, I mean, we saw Glenn was being pursued by the Lakers, the Clipper, you know, legit contender teams. They very well could could come knocking, you know, come trade deadline. We don't know what what kind of injuries are going to be around or, you know, the deal with COVID and all that kind of stuff that I think they do have pieces that teams, contending teams, especially when we've seen how many teams have really been hit by injuries in COVID so far and knock on wood, the Kings have been extremely lucky in that sense, um, that I think there will be plenty of opportunity as, as you know, as we move along. But to me, even with as bad as we've played, it's I'm happy that Monty has been able to see this roster at full capacity, essentially, for that evaluation because so many teams have not had a complete roster to really be able to evaluate and 
this is the year we wanted that and we've been able to play minus white side right and be elitza with whatever's going on between him and luke at this point um we've been able to really get an idea of what this team can and cannot do and what their struggles are when a lot of teams haven't been able to we know Whiteside is like he's like day to day with I, I can't remember what like it was it like a hip strain or a groin strain I, I, uh, I can't I think remember it was like which... the hip flexor type okay that's that sounds yeah. right okay so it was, it, it was the hip flexor belly is the situation with belly is weird like he's addressed it in press conferences he said he's gonna play again he said he'll be back in the rotation but he's not now and it's like okay did I miss something on Jabari Parker Okay, he was out for um, the health and safety protocols at the beginning of the year. Um, and he's back now, at least the, I, I swear I saw him in one of the practice videos. Um, I'm guessing just because he was, it's one of those things where he was, got hurt, not even got hurt, but he was out for mm. whatever the health and safety protocol, yeah. whatever it happened to be, um, that he kind of just got booted down the line. Because I don't think I knew him that. and Jeffries were both playing uh, during during preseason, and you heard about yeah. how you know such good right. camps they were going is, and I and I think we would have seen Jeffries in a lot of these instances, and we wouldn't even be talking about Bielitsa. We wouldn't even be talking about Glenn Robinson, right? Um, but because Jeffries went down, I think that that played a difference, and then maybe because Jabari he missed and had to go away for whatever he had to go away for. Um, that affected, I guess, his positioning because you you stopped hearing completely about it. Right. Yeah, he was just he was just gone. And but I it, kept it was like, never talked about when he came back either. It was always he's gone for the protocols. And I took it as not even necessarily him being out, but maybe he was around someone. So it was one of those type things of outside of the team, maybe someone yeah. he was with uh, tested. And so he had to be uh moved away but we've never really seen him because last year he got traded he was injured and then over the bubble he had covid so he came back really late right yeah um and then we heard oh he's having such a good training camp and then again it was oh he's gone and then we haven't heard a peep of oh he's back but (laughs) are we gonna play him or yeah, and, and it's just like you have him on the roster. I mean, if he's – if – I mean, he was out getting shots up, I think, after maybe the Clippers game, or maybe it wasn't Clippers. Uh, when it, I feel like it was a home game, a recent home game. But it, it's just – it's it's weird because I just – I felt like he just disappeared, and I didn't even know yeah. he, he had like a health and safety – or at least maybe I did know and just can't remember, but I felt like he just dropped off the face of the earth and – I noticed in one of the blowouts, it was oh Jabari's still not getting any run. Like like what like what 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 is happening here? And the the shift to Met two came out of nowhere and caught everybody off guard, which is like cool. You know he's he's done. I think he's made the most of his minutes. I don't know what we really expect for a two guy, right? Yeah. I mean he's done anything you could ask for the kid. He, essentially, he's he's coming and done. I'm curious, especially for having no minutes with those rotations at all you know leading up to anything i don't know about practice but even in preseason we only saw him go in with like the benches bench right and so being literally thrown in there and against 
good bigs that he's had to go against during this run. You know, it's kudos to him for to essentially to me making the most of those the most of those minutes. So yeah. if if guys do end up getting moved, I'd love to see him get more run. I know he's on a two way, so you're still limited to what you can do. Right. Um, but I mean, who knows if they end up moving enough guys and you have extra rosters, you know, spaces. They could do the same thing they did to Jeffries where you move him up into a roster spot. But I think he's he's done all that you can ask for um, for a, a young kid on a two-way who has had not even a, a two-week uh, you know, training camp and thrown in with a, a completely brand-new team. So I feel like uh, if you want to throw any questions, by the way, or comments into the into the uh, chat, please do. We'll respond to, to all of them as we keep our eye on a on the Zoom press conference as well. I think the bottom of this roster is going to look very different come... Normally, you would say come February when the trade deadline is, but I, I guess it would be come March now, the beginning of March. I, I think when the trade deadline gets here, the 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 second unit, if you will, the bottom portion of this roster is going to look a lot different. And I think it's for reasons that you just uh, alluded to. Like, I, I, it, I don't know what's going on with Belly. I don't think Belly's going to be here i i I think i I thought i I thought before the year started money b elites would probably be one of the most tradable mid-season tradable assets that the kings had and you know now being completely out of the out of the rotation at least for now i think that's still probably true but you're probably going to see some Corey joseph is another one like those guys won't be here in march so it'll be fascinating to see what they do with those roster spaces who comes back does it wind up being draft capital like what does it wind up being yeah i mean and even during the stretch you've seen joseph his minutes go to Mm -hmm. like the low 20s to now he's kind of averaging around 15 a game yeah um and personally i like that because we're seeing more tyrese right tyrese's minutes are going up and uh and joseph's are going down um i get that can that can mean some more issues on the defensive end, you know, when you're putting, giving younger guys more minutes. But um, again, I'd rather see the young guys get the minutes at this point and, and you deal with the the kind of bruises that come along with it, right? I mean, we were yeah. sold at the beginning of the year. It's it's not gonna be about wins and losses. It's, a, at, it's about developing, you know, what we, what we, envision as this core going forward and so i i do think that all this kind of stuff gives us little pieces of of what this group eventually envisions that core to be i mean you see a team like minnesota last year where they were kind of in the same spot and i think by trade deadline they had maybe three four players left on their roster from what they started the beginning of the season with so not saying that's going to happen here, but Monty did come from the same tree that that the Minnesota guys did. So um, again, it it it'll be interesting. And and I see the question here. Um, yeah. You knew that was coming. Like, yeah, yeah you, you. I wouldn't that. even say necessarily guy. I'd still like to see Ramsey get get thrown in there. We've never seen Ramsey get any minutes with with any of the Anyone, legit really. rotation yeah. guys, <laughs> yeah, right? It's right, he's yeah. he's put in the last maybe 5 minutes of a game. Um and when he comes back healthy, I would like to see um 
what that looks like or what they envision him to be. And I know he's extremely green and extremely young, right? I mean, he's, I think he's the youngest one we have on the team. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing him and I, and I get guy, we saw the flashes of guy, um, during preseason. So you'd like to see what he has. Um, they still have him on a two way. So again, do you, do you play guy, do you play guy who's on the two way? Do you play Ramsey who is extremely green, but not able to get the G league minutes that guy necessarily got last year. Um, so really the only way you can develop these guys at this point is he's watching the game or he's getting, you know, the last five minutes of, of a blowout kind of game. Yeah. And Ramsey's still on the injured report, (laughs) I think. Yeah, Justin James. So yeah, so the, so in the chat it says Luke here's you want to see Ramsey so you get Justin James. I think I think Ramsey is still injured. He's still hurt. Yes. So yeah, so we we're we're not we're not getting Ramsey right now, you know, period. We, I'm maybe there'll be a time in It'd the future. It'd be Woodard over Ramsey in that position. Yeah, so so there's there's that also. Uh so the Kings win tonight. That's that's the good news. They snap a four game losing streak. That's the great news. Um they win with a strong defensive effort. That's probably even the better news. Uh 103 to 94. We heard from Tyrese Halliburton a moment ago. I don't know that we gave his full stat line. He was 7 of 13 tonight. Uh 16 points, but what what was really impressive from him was the four block shots. Uh not just the four block shots, but when you Two look steals. at all of that, but his block shot, he had a block shot in the fourth quarter and a three in the fourth quarter. That's super impactful. That box scores, that's why sometimes if you miss the game and you see the box score and you can't get full context, the full context to Tyrese Halliburton was he had a block and a three that were super timely and really helped the Kings get this win tonight. Yeah, even, I think it was even a play or two before that too. He had, he read it perfectly um, where props to Bagley, he was playing good defense on this, and he forced a across-the-court pass, essentially, and Halliburton went from um, the, the towards, like, more of the top of the three-point line, and I think it was Tony said he did, like, a go-go gadget where he threw his arm out um, and somehow stole it from the guy getting the pass in the corner. But, again, like, you were seeing huge defensive plays at exactly the times you know that this team needs it and again i think i just tweeted before too is the rookie gonna save the day and i mean it was literally like one after another where this 20 year old is who you know has everything to prove right now to everybody after after sliding and is just this is on you for not taking me. This is on you mm-hmm. for not taking me. And he said and, that. Yeah, he said that in And New York was press, one of the teams. Yeah, he said that in the press conference tonight. It may, it may have given him a little extra motivation, uh, the fact that the New York Knicks passed on him. And, and good for the Knicks passing on him because, I mean, th- this kid is, and I hate calling grown-ass men kids, but this dude is the he future, is. man. Like, he is the real, he is the real deal. I did love hearing, too, where in that same comment when he talked about that, he said that he hadn't talked to the Kings, but then two days prior to the draft, um, he had his one interview with them, and they point blank told him, like, we're we're trying to trade up to get you. Like, right now, you're you're who we're looking at. And so I thought that was kind of a um, an interesting look into, you know, we had all heard, you know, is it going to be Maxie? 
Um, yeah. You know, who who's going to be there at 12? But, I mean, and nothing leaked, right? And you have a player saying, oh, yeah, he was telling us, like, depending on how it falls out, like, they're telling me they want to come up and get me. They just never had to do it because no nobody else, you know, they were all letting it slide. Um, and whether that be because the Kings were calling and asking who they were, I mean, I don't know if they just didn't pull the trigger or if they genuinely knew that he was going to, he was going to fall to him, but I did think it was interesting hearing an actual player say, um, yeah, they told me that they, they were trying to come up and get me. Cause you don't always get that kind of, that kind of info. So, um, and, and it worked out extremely well for, for both parties. So, yeah, it worked out really well for all of us. That's for sure. Uh, the Kings don't play again until Wednesday, uh, when they play in Orlando, that was scheduled to be, the third game of their six-game road trip. Instead, uh, it is the first game of what's now a four-game road trip. They're back-to-back away-away games against the Memphis Grizzlies uh, have been postponed because of the NBA's effort to do their best to navigate you know, COVID-19 right now. And so the Kings will get to stay here. So I'll ask you this, Coach Jill Adge. What would you do with the next couple of days? You don't play again till Wednesday, so you could probably get a full practice in on Tuesday before heading to, to Orlando. Um, well, no, probably not. You probably wouldn't get the practice. Yeah, you might. You could probably get a practice in before going to Orlando. What would you do the next couple of days? I'd continue to to completely keep working on defense, rotation schemes. I mean, we even still saw it tonight that they still continue to have the issue of – not helping the helper right and team defense is never gonna work if you're not together on a string moving as one and helping and moving as as you're going and that's one thing that buddy got pulled for at the end but and not even just single him out because a lot of them do it but until they really figure out um just the basic of of these defense you know issues and they're they're even still they're the most they're the team that still switches the most right and they can't even figure out how to switch correctly like it's there's so many little things still defensively that this team needs to work on i'm not really worried about their offense at this point um i would use it whether it be two practices three practices whatever i would still whether it be tape and defensive rotations and constantly whatever you got to do i would still i'd still just keep on on the defensive side for this team because this team's gonna they're gonna go based on their defense right like we've seen it where they can score 120 a night but they can't stop anything so um again i would just continue working on the defensive basics and i know we've been hearing that for three years that we got to make it fundamental for these guys until they can really learn you know yeah. Even Jaeger was like, I, there's so many things where I'd like to implement this, but until they master this, I can't go to this. And so I don't know if it's the issue of of Luke trying to implement stuff or Rex trying to implement stuff and they don't even have the basic stuff down. And so they're getting confused at even the new things that they're trying to bring in yeah. or um, I, I don't know, but I would continue to keep harping on and keep harping on the defensive side during any practice they have. 
It sounds like from what Tyrese Halliburton said earlier that the Kings have the day off tomorrow, so that leads me to believe that they'll have a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday practice schedule, and uh, then they'll be off in Orlando, and we'll see how the Kings react to a couple of days off. It's got to be, I mean, they had like a 7-11, and 11, I think. Like, they had a lot of game schedule. There was a couple of back-to-backs in there. Like, they had, they had a tough schedule ahead. They weren't going to be back till mid-February, not mid-February, uh, in the first week of February. So uh, definitely a, a, a change. The six-game road trip is now a four-game road trip, and the four-game losing streak is now a one-game winning streak. Uh, we appreciate everybody who stuck with us uh, on the Twitch stream, as I think this is something we could probably do pretty regularly here with the podcast, is, is oh, get yeah. here on Twitch and and have some fun, especially post-game. And I think we figured out what the little echo issue was on Jill's side. And, of course, it wasn't on Jill's side. I think it was on my side. Uh, so we got that corrected. And so make sure you subscribe, follow, do whatever it is you do on Twitch. We've launched on YouTube as well. Uh, we're on Facebook Live. We're pretty much everywhere. Uh, so we appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure you follow at Jill Adge on Twitter, at Damien Barling as well. And, again, uh, hit the follow and subscribe buttons on Twitch YouTube, and Facebook. We appreciate you so much for being with us. Thank you, guys. There you go. We'll see you next time. If you've ever listened to a podcast, particularly a podcast geared towards men, you've probably heard about Manscaped. And we're thrilled to announce that as part of their partnership with the HoopBall Podcast Network and the Sacramento Kings Podcast, that Manscaped is now a part of of the podcast here on the Be Heard podcast platform. And I'm sure there's a great joke there with hoop ball and Manscaped, uh, but that's not a joke that we make here. We'll just tell you about the great products that they have, particularly the Lawnmower 3.0. It's the best hygiene product out there uh, for the modern man. You should try out the perfect package. Again, I realize there's a great joke there. It's the perfect package 3.0. It comes with that new and improved lawnmower that I was just talking about, a waterproof cordless body trimmer it comes with performance boxers and a travel bag it has a lot of great stuff to it uh the crop preserver that's a anti-chafing deodorant i'll let you use your imagination as a matter of fact don't use your imagination go to manscape.com find out what it's all about for yourself and when you make the decision to purchase these products which you're absolutely going to do because there's no way you're going to turn away from it use the promo code hoopball20 that'll get you 20 percent off and Free shipping. So go to manscaped.com, use the promo code HOOPBALL20. That'll get you 20% off of your order and free shipping. Again, that's manscaped.com, promo code HOOPBALL20.